Growing up sucks. Just ask Eric Lauber, father of three 20-somethings and a college professor for decades. Eric helps young adults get smarter, richer, healthier, and happier on the hashtag adulting podcast, Growing Up Sucks. Welcome to Growing Up Sucks, where nothing is really off limits. If you have a Growing Up Sucks story to share, or you want to talk about a problem, get in touch. Today, Megan and I talk about the fear of missing out. You know, FOMO, it's a huge thing with today's youth, obviously caused by their constant contact with other people through cell phones and social media. But what can be done about it? I suggest a few things, and then near the end, we talk about a very important topic, at least I think it is, a gratitude journal. Hey, welcome, Megan. Nice to see you today. Thanks for coming in. Uh, tell me a little bit about yourself. No, thanks for having me, Dr. Lauber. So I am a senior in college. I am a double major in fashion merchandising, as well as journalism and public relations. Those two go together. They're one major. Um, and I'm also minoring in marketing. I grew up outside of Philadelphia. I live 45 minutes west of Philadelphia, right by Valley Forge Park, which is known by a lot of people. And I have a little brother who is also in college now as a freshman mm. and two dogs that I love very much and I play with all the time. I'm sure you do. So uh, when I got your message, you said you want to talk about FOMO. Is that right? FOMO. Tell me about it. It's a funny word, but it's actually an acronym and it stands for fear of missing out. Which I feel like I experience a lot. I know my fellow college students experience. I actually started experiencing it in middle school. Even in younger than that, I feel like I've experienced it. But with the rise of social media, I definitely started beginning to realize how much it affects my life and all the people around me as well. Wow. So this is, so you're feeling that you're missing out on things. And what, what goes along with that? How would you define this? this experience? Um, I would define it as anxiety that comes along with when you see or hear about an event that took place that you did not get to attend or you weren't invited to. Um, usually it's your peers or people who are in your age group. And it's like just knowing about or feeling like people are doing better things than you, which then leads to a, a lot of unhappiness in your own life. Right, right. So I do have to mention to you, your generation didn't invent this. I mean, maybe the, maybe the word FOMO, but this has been happening for a long, long time. I actually have a family member who I think suffers from this really terrible, and she's older than I am. So I know that I experienced it on occasion. Um, but you know what? I think you guys get it worse because of social media. Because when I was growing up, I didn't know what everybody else was doing. <laughs> I might hear about it at school the next day for five minutes, but that was about it, right? You guys see it all the time if you're on social media that is right yeah i see we see everything we can see our friends locations now which i think makes it so much worse in the recent years i can see if my friends decide to share their locations with me on snapchat or there's another app that i can't recall the name right now but you can have your friends on it and you can see where everybody is which is great for safety reasons or if you're trying to meet up with your friends but when it comes to FOMO and you see that all of your friends are together somewhere and maybe they didn't include you, it makes it so much worse. Oh, yeah. It's in real time, too. It's not like it happened last night or something. So, exactly. You know, I, 
I did look up some things when you sent me that message about FOMO. I did look it up. So I want to share a few things that I learned and then let's talk about maybe how to handle this. Studies do show that the more smartphone usage and more social media use, the more FOMO you get. Do you, you think that's true? I really think that's true. Like I said before, when I was in high school, it got really bad. Middle school was when it began for me, I think, because that's when I first got Instagram. I saw pictures of people hanging out together and I was like, oh, well, they're in my class. Why wasn't I invited? Then it went to high school where, especially my senior year, I was having friend group problems where my friends were making a new group of friends and that didn't include me. So then I would, I knew it was happening, but then I also saw it happening, which doubled my FOMO. And I would sit at home thinking, why is this happening? Like, why wasn't I invited? Why don't they like me? When in reality, eventually I did find out that they just were too consumed in their own lives that they didn't even think about inviting me and they apologized and it ended up being fine. But mm -hmm. in that time I was there, I was starting to get depressed. I was getting anxious my quality of life and happiness was just decreasing because I saw all of the people who I used to hang out with on social media, hanging out with other people. Yeah. That was another thing I came across in the research I did is that the life satisfaction was going down actually for people who used a lot of social media. This was an older study in 2013. You know, they, they weren't getting their needs met and they felt their life satisfaction went down. Now, so many people use it now seven years later i don't know that that result would always hold up but that was one of the early signs of social media anxiety was people were getting less happy so one of the things that i think might be running through people's head is uh, the decisions that you make you start to second guess because you're like well I, i'm going to choose this i didn't choose that other thing oh look at all the things they did and i'm not there and, and i'm at home reading a book or watching tv or i went out with some other friends do you ever have that kind of undermine the decision-making process? Oh, I, ha I feel like I have that all the time where I have, say someone invites me out to a party, but I'm like, I don't know if it's going to be fun tonight. Maybe I'll just stay home and I'll get more stuff done and it'll be better for me. And then I'll see videos on Snapchat and Instagram of everybody like screaming and having so much fun. And I think, there, there, here comes my FOMO. Like I'm getting so <laughs> upset because I made the wrong decision, which then leads me the next time not to always make the decision beforehand, but wait until I know there, maybe it's going to be fun, which then could cause problems. Yeah, that's, well, that's another thing I, I've discovered and, and that people want to keep their options open so they don't commit, they don't make plans like they used to, they're kind of tentative. And I, I th I've seen this happen to some of friends of mine. It kind of hurts the relationship when you invite somebody and like, well, maybe. And you know they're waiting to see if they get a better option than you. That doesn't help us get closer. <laughs> that pushes me away a little bit, right? When they're so indecisive. And I, and I think it's, I don't think they even know they're doing it. They're just afraid of feeling FOMO. So they're trying to protect themselves from that feeling. But it has this ripple effect on the other decisions that they make. Would you agree with that? I would. I know I have done that before to people where they've reached out to me and been like, hey, do you want to go out and get drinks tonight? And I think like, yes, but what if someone else makes a better offer, which is horrible to sit, oh, think in yeah. your head, but you think, 
well, and it's also, especially people my age, think about social media. They think, which would be the better social media opportunity for me? Would I look better on social media going out and getting drinks with a friend or going to this event with someone else? Yeah, that's interesting that you and maybe others your generation think about what would the picture look like? Like, how would it come across? And would it be better me in this scenario or that scenario? I confess, I never had that thought growing up. We didn't have cameras. It was really, it was expensive to get film developed. We were not shooting random photos constantly. And you couldn't take a selfie. It just wasn't built for that. Yeah, that's, that's worse, I think. I mean, the situation's worse. And so I think it just creates more opportunity for this. And then there's the always, they're having fun without me. And that, that feeling of kind of envy and resentment that might kick in because of that. Is that right? Is that something you felt? I felt that too. I felt when, like I said, when I would see my friends in high school on social media having fun without me, I, that's when I started to resent myself and I was thinking, what's wrong with me? Right, when in right. reality, it's not something that's wrong with you. No. Never. It's always something that it's on the other end. But still, the, you see everybody on, so especially because of social media. But before that, I would hear about it in school, like, oh, these two people hung out last night. And I think, well, I was talking to them yesterday. Why, did, why wasn't I invited? And then you start to resent yourself and feel a lot of envy towards the people who did get invited. And, and that did happen to me, like the night before stuff, like, hey, why was and I felt like I was a loser. Like I was at the bottom of the social ladder, right? Because people were getting together without me and I didn't get invited. You know, I want to get around to what we might be able to do about this, but let's, let's start from a realization that these feelings are destroying the present. Like how you're feeling at that moment when you, when you feel like that, you could have been enjoying something there for a minute and then suddenly this feeling came on and it ruins how you feel right now. And that's triggered probably by the phone and the social media, right? So we're learning how we're not happy in solitude in taking a night off and watching TV or reading a good book because we anticipate both we're going to feel FOMO and then we do feel FOMO <laughs> in that moment. And then what could have been a really nice evening just turned terrible because now I'm full of anxiety and I'm full of FOMO. Would you agree with that? I would agree with that. I've experienced it. I've seen other people experience it where I know someone who the other night actually decided to stay in. He was invited to go out, but he decided to stay in. Of course, then he's on his phone because people, especially my age, can't stay off of it for longer than five minutes. And he sees videos of the place he was invited to and all of his friends having a good time. And he thinks like, darn, I should have gone. And then I'm sitting with him because we were hanging out. And he was like, I should have gone, I should have gone, which A, makes me feel kind of bad because I know he's experiencing FOMO, which I understand. So I wasn't holding it against him. But at the same time, I was thinking, so you're, you'd have more fun somewhere else instead <laughs> of with me. Like, yeah. so you, why don't you go then? But then, of course, he didn't want to hurt my feelings. So it then comes down to... Both people are hurt. Both people, are that. both people are hurt by the FOMO, exactly. Yeah. Both people are ruined. The, ruined, the moment's ruined for both. Yeah, that's, that's a ripple effect of FOMO. I didn't think about how you could transmit FOMO to somebody else. Even if they're not feeling it, they're affected by it because now you're in a bad mood. And, oh, Well, one of the things I think that I want to share is uh, a couple of points. One is 
First, and I know you know this, people only share their best moments on social media, right? People aren't showing you how they have to walk the dog and pick up the poop or how they're doing their laundry or when they spill soup on their pants, right? We wouldn't be jealous of those moments. We wouldn't have FOMO at those times, right? Or when they go to a party and they get isolated and they're not being talked to and they go home in a huff. They don't share that on social media, right? And that happens. There are times when we go out and we have a bad time or not as good a time as we thought. So there's a lot of faking going on or at least cherry picking the best stuff in our life and we put it on social media. And everybody else has to recognize that and say, dial this back a little bit. There was a lot of moments that probably weren't not nearly that good <laughs> than what they're showing. And so that means maybe my moments are just as good as theirs on average. Maybe they captured one picture. You see what I'm saying? Yeah, I, I totally agree. I can, now that you've said that, I think to myself like, oh, wow, that picture I saw last night of these girls I know out was probably staged. <laughs> they probably weren't having as good of a time because life isn't what you see on social media. Right. And that brings up the topic of life. You know, life is, unfortunately, and this is the podcast about how growing up sucks. Life is going to have some sad and some envious moments, and we're not going to be able to duck all of them. You know, it could be in person or through social media. I could, for me, it's convertibles. Guys driving by in convertibles, I'm like, dang, I wish I had a convertible. You know, but I'm just going to have that feeling occasionally. I'm just going to get through it and go on to the next one. They'll pass. If we don't dwell on them, those thoughts and emotions will pass. And we'll, get, we'll think about something else in five minutes, right? As long as we don't keep thinking about the thing that's upsetting us, we can let it go on. It's like a sailboat that'll sail by. Unless we start chasing it. <laughs> then the sailboat's still in view. You see what I'm trying to say? Yeah, I totally agree. When you just let it go, it feels so much better if you just like see it and you're like, okay, well, you have to tell yourself first that it's probably not always as great as it looks right. and then just let it pass and go on with your life don't dwell don't chase the sailboat i've chased the sailboat <laughs> where i keep looking at the picture i keep thinking and oh. replaying thinking what could i have done differently could i have gone to that party to that event to that hangout with my friends but you just have to let it go let it go i agree and a lot of that is a topic i talk about a lot called reframing because we do have a lot more control over our thoughts than we think we do. As we grow up, we learn to do more of that. We learn to recognize that, oh, I'm having some thought patterns that are not healthy. I'm not liking this. Maybe I can change that. And you could start concentrating on a task that consumes your attention for a few minutes. Boom, then you forgot about what you were thinking about before. Or play great music and dance around the kitchen. You know, there's there's lots of things we'll get into in a different episode about how to do reframing on a daily basis. But that's the self-management that leads to growing up happier and healthier and wiser, right? And I also kind of have to point out, we can't be everywhere all the time. We can't do an infinite amount of things simultaneously. We're going to do one thing at a time. So if we're not there and we're here, why not enjoy this? I can't be in two places. Enjoy the thing you're doing at that particular moment. That's, you got to learn to not regret that I'm not at that other thing. I couldn't be at that other thing simultaneously and be here. You see what I'm trying to get across? Yeah, no, I, I understand that completely. I think that that's something that I need to apply in my life as like a young person and that everybody else needs to apply. That like 
if you're not there, you're not there. Enjoy where you are. Right. I think that's better said than I said it. And I would say, by the way, maybe we should cut down on checking on social media. <laughs> oh, for sure. <laughs> I, I find that it kind of sometimes, as you told that story about your friend last night, ruins the present. We interrupt our present experience with this checking social media, which takes us out of the now and puts us into this mindset of some other place and some other time. It could have been something going on someplace else, or it could have been something going on at a different time and place. And we're not here now. And I really wish that would, all of us would check social media less often. Obviously, we want to check in, and I love Facebook and see my old friends. My old teacher just replied to me today on Facebook, which was awesome. And really seen her in 30, 40 years, but I love talking with her occasionally that way. But I have a time and a place for that. Between work and dinner, when I get up maybe, maybe over lunch, if I do it all day long, I'm just going to be checking out of my present task constantly. You agree with that? I do agree with that. I've been trying to limit it to like every hour, which is not because I already, I check every five minutes sometimes. Like some yeah. days... Some days I'm very good. I only check maybe twice a day. But then there's those days where there's nothing really going on. You're sitting on the couch. You're like, and your phone's just there. And you just want to keep, like, you're bored. So you keep swiping. And you just end up in a, a rut sort of that day. But on those days, I try to limit my, like, if I know I'm not doing anything, I tell myself it's not good for you to just keep trying to see what other people are doing because you're bored. Good point. And again, very well said. That's exactly the point. And you know what? Reward yourself for the improvement that you make. Don't, don't beat yourself up if you fall backwards. We'll call it a relapse, right? Your goal is to change your behavior, and it will only change in fits and starts. It will change a little bit more and a little bit more, it's, but there's always going to be a little backsliding. So don't worry about that. Just do better next time. That's all you can worry about, right? Can't change your past. Hey, uh, I'm sorry, I was going to tell you another thing. Let's talk about journaling. One of the things that uh, a lot of psychologists recommend, counselors recommend, I think parents should recommend, is personal journaling. And the neat thing that I just dawned on me is that a personal journal is like sharing on social media without sharing on social media. You're, you're sharing with yourself and you're enjoying what you put in that and you don't care whether you get any likes. And you're not comparing yourself to other people and you're not caring if they compare with you, right? It's just... It's the same experience as putting things down. I don't know. Do you do you journal at all? I do when I am very upset. If I oh. get very upset about something, I have a journal. I pull it out and I write down everything I'm feeling, especially if it's I'm so upset at somebody else. You know you should never go to when you're in that kind of heated moment. Never go to the person you're upset with and just blurt it all out. That's never a good idea. So I write it all down and I analyze it and I think, okay, is this something I want to take to this person or do I want to rewrite something else and take that to this person? So that's how I handle like situations. Whereas I think that actually I should definitely start journaling for, instead of going on social media. I think I should just start writing things down every day instead of posting and sharing it. I think that would be way more productive for me and healthy for, for my brain, for myself. Lots of, lots of people have agreed with that. It, it pops up all over the place. All kinds of counseling scenarios talk about journaling. It's super healthy emotionally and mentally. But I want to talk about a particular kind as well called a gratitude journal. See, 
getting over FOMO sometimes is just recognizing that my life's actually pretty good. And it's not hurt me one bit that they went off and had a good time too. Because I'm actually enjoying myself. <laughs> a gratitude journal is just a journal where you sit and you jot down what you're grateful for. And you do it on a regular basis. You don't have to do anything special. You can grab only any old notebook that you have. But let me give some recommendations to make it a little bit more special. And, and by the way, I got to tell you, we do this. My wife asked me every single day, what are three things you're grateful for? And I asked her back. And when she started this habit, she must have got out of a book about five years ago. It's made a dramatic change in our life just to keep remembering every day. And we have to try to come up with something new every day, which becomes a challenge. But also, you start to pay attention to littler things that you are grateful for. And like, I'm going to tell my wife that tonight because I'm really grateful for that. And that really helps every single moment of the day. But a gratitude journal, for some, I would say, buy a special journal, something that feels good to you, something that you like the look of. Just don't grab any notebook and make a ritual out of it. Right? So make it something that you look forward to. Light a candle, play your favorite music, drink a cup of tea, say a prayer or a mantra, and, 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 and make it something that is part of your daily routine. I like daily, by the way, instead of weekly. And if you're struggling with what to write about, you can always look up prompts. Like uh, you could say, Monday is going to be family, and Tuesday is going to be about my work, and Wednesday is going to be about my oldest friends. I'm going to write about that. And that will give you some clues or, or hints to what to write about. And it doesn't have to be just one thing. You can just fill up a page if you want to. Have you ever tried that? I would. I've actually seen and on Pinterest a bunch of those journals and prompts, like you said, where people type them out and put them on there for other people. And people love them and they yeah. really find like themselves through that and they spend each day thinking about what they're grateful for rather than thinking about what they're missing out on or their FOMO. This is, and that's a great, great mental adjustment that you can take charge of. This is your self-management that comes out of that. And that, that's a part of reframing, as I said. And that reframing just puts you on a different path. So, because I have to say, and I'm just, I'm just going to wrap up because I know you have a limited amount of time. Life is going to suck. Growing up is going to suck at some point but only as much as we let it. We can learn to self-manage, and that self-management leads to us being wiser and healthier and happier. Exactly. Megan, thanks a lot for checking in today. I really appreciate the story you told and that we got to talk about this. Thank you for having me. I had so much fun. All right, talk to you later. Thank you for listening to the Growing Up Sucks podcast with Eric Lauber. 